I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. I'm Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so, so thrilled to have my next guest here. We have the founder of Province Apothecary. I'm so, so excited to have her here with us today. So it's an incredible, incredible beauty brand, and we're going to get to hear the backstory, my favorite, favorite thing that I get to do. And Julie's very, very brief story, she'll get more into this, but after struggling with severe allergies and eczema, She decided to take matters into her own hands, and I like to say, I don't know if this was actually true, but she was doing it all in her kitchen, just like me. The kitchen is the best place to mix it all up, and she began formulating her own natural organic skincare products. So Province Apothecary is one of Canada's most well-known clean beauty brands, and it all began when she was curious enough to solve her own struggles. Consistent thread amongst so many entrepreneurs that are out there that have amazing, amazing products. So the company, even though they're Canadian, is selling everywhere. You can find it in the U.S., where the majority of our podcast listeners are. I'm just really, really excited to hear a lot more about how the company is doing and how they've evolved and her hopes for clean beauty. And finally, if entrepreneurs can ever feel like they've actually made it, um, because this is a brand that is just absolutely on fire. I'm super excited to hear all of that and more from Julie. So welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, love, love your podcast. So, so excited to be here. Thank you. Really, really excited to have you. So let's start at the beginning. So I'd love for you to share with our listeners who aren't familiar with the company, what is Province Apothecary? So Province Apothecary, so we are an organic, clean beauty brand. So we really focus on skincare um, and our hero product is really eczema balm. You know, I've suffered, as you mentioned, suffered from eczema since birth and that was my focus. So I was 28 at the time and um, I was looking for natural products to heal my skin. I was on steroids internally, externally, and I just couldn't find anything. So the brand was really inspired by the gap in the market that I could see that there was really no natural product for eczema. And then in my kind of studies and learnings and developed the found- my foundation to create our healing eczema balm, I became an esthetician, holistic health practitioner, and I started offering facials out of my house and seeing customers. And that actually helped me develop the entire line. So it's a, a spa line. So we have products um, that you could use in a facial. You know, I use them every day. So from cleansers, we have beauty tools. So yeah, it's just a, a great line to make your skin feel beautiful and look healthy. That's amazing. So let's back up. Obviously, it didn't happen all overnight. What were you doing before founding the company? You had these struggles, you decided to go to esthetician school. What were you doing before that? 
So I studied costume and fashion design. Um, so right after high school, moved to Montreal, went to fashion design and costume school, and then worked in theater, um, worked on commercial uh, commercials and film and television. So I really dove into costume and fashion styling. Um, so I did that and I was in New York uh, doing that and, um, you know, working with different stylists and photographers and I was so stressed out <laughs> uh, as, uh, you know, so many of us are and my skin was so bad. So, that you know, one day um, that's where I, I really started to look for natural products because I just like making clothes and touching clothes and steaming clothes. I just was in so much pain. My hands had really, really bad eczema. And I was like, this isn't working anymore. That's so interesting. So how much do you think stress actually contributed to that? For me, so stress is my number one cause for eczema. Eczema, you know, so many people have eczema and there's different, you know, for me, it's all about stress. So maintaining my stress levels really help reduce my eczema. But sleep, diet can also play a part and just hereditary if you're prone to it. So yeah, for me, it's all all stress. As I get more stressed, my skin gets drier um, and starts cracking. What was the first thing that really helped you when you were starting to develop this line? So, you know, I went out, I lived in New York. So I was like, the best stores are here. So I need to be able to find a product. So I went out to look for like natural eczema bumps. I bought about six of them, um, took them home and I was shocked. Nothing really was working. Then I started looking into just other natural products. And the best product that worked for me was natural deodorant, um, oddly enough. So I started putting like a natural zinc-based deodorant. I heard zinc was really good for the skin. I couldn't find like a high concentration cream with zinc in it, but I could find natural deodorants with a lot of zinc in it. Um, so that actually was the inspiration behind our eczema balm was a really strong, like powerfully zinc-based balm that was waterless. So it was really... Hey, everyone. Kara here from The Kara Golden Show. Look, I've started and scaled companies, but when I first started podcasting, figuring out the workflow for this business was a real challenge. There were so many moving parts that I needed to learn from scheduling and recording to editing and promoting each episode. But once I streamlined the process, things got easier. I was able to focus more on bringing in amazing guests and delivering great content, which was such a relief. Thinking about this experience reminded me of the challenges many face managing their business every day. Whether you are the CEO or working supporting one, you need the right tools to streamline processes, especially when it comes to shipping and handling orders. That's where ShipStation comes in. ShipStation makes it easy to manage your shipments from all your sales channels. ShipStation automates tasks, prints shipping labels in bulk, and keeps your customers informed, freeing up your time to focus on growing your business. If you're looking for a way to simplify shipping and make your business more efficient, ShipStation is the solution. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time too. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me and my team to manage orders from 
anywhere. Print shipping labels from just a click. Yes, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable. With discounts up to 89% off carrier rates. And who wouldn't want that? Plus, an easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses as well? ShipStation just makes it easier so your business can grow. And yes, even when you're on your summer vacation, ShipStation is it. Work less and ship more with ShipStation, the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA, K-A-R-A, to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long, term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. That deodorant that changed my skin quickly. And then I, you know, started studying and um, with all the plant medicine knowledge that I had gathered, you know, combined all the ingredients together. But it was really that that zinc-based deodorant that changed everything for me. Did anyone inspire you, like any company, maybe from afar, or any individuals really inspire you to feel like 
gosh, I can go start a company. Yeah. So a funny story was me trying to make products myself. Uh, essentially, um, you know, I, I was in New York and bought, went to the health food store, bought all the things, tried to make stuff for myself. And I was like, I can do this. I failed. I totally failed. The first ingredient I, or first product I made, I used toasted sesame oil instead of raw sesame oil, gave out, you know, 10, 20 lip balms to friends. They all gave them back to me and said it was disgusting. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. So, you know, I, I think I entered uh, this with a lot of confidence that I could do this. And, you know, I think it was just I was so used to making things. I made clothes. I could, you know, I could really like costume background really allowed me to like imagine something, make it and and bring it to market. Right. And um, so I think I had total confidence myself that I could do this. Um, but in reality, I had no knowledge. So, <laughs> so what did you do after um, that? So actually, it led me to find a school that it made me realize I need a mentor. I need someone to teach me how to do this. Like, I cannot do this on my own. Um, and then I found the perfect school in Toronto. And that's I, I ended up moving to Toronto and just jumping into school. So it was it was called the Institute of Aromatherapy. Um, it was led by this British aromatherapist that's, that, you know, had really established herself she worked with farms and made custom products for farms using their ingredients. She offered facials. So it was literally this amazing environment that I got to just get go into. So she was really my biggest um, kind of inspiration, just seeing her do this. You know, while at school, the school went bankrupt about three months after <laughs> I got there. Oh, <laughs> and I was no. like, okay, what's happening? <laughs> and we're, well, how long was the program? The program was about six months. So you were um, in the middle of it. Like you hadn't yeah, graduated. And was, <laughs> yeah. And she just was like, not there. And uh, it was really crazy. So but I was like, determined to finish it. I fell in love with with just, you know, making products, helping people with their skin, giving facials. Um, and I really just, you know, dug my heels in. I was like, I need to finish this program. I've paid for it. You need to see this through with me. She, you know, so uh, in the end, it all worked out. But it was a lot of, you know, me holding her accountable and making it happen. Wow, that's, that's amazing. So you left the school then at that point. And then what was the first product that you actually developed? Beyond the, um, I mean, doing the deodorant, but uh, but beyond the deodorant, yeah. So the eczema balm that so the eczema balm was one of my first products that I just needed it so badly. So while in school, after finding that deodorant, um, you know, I had access to so many ingredients. So I actually just started blending that eczema bomb. So that was my first product, but it wasn't certified by Health Canada or F FDA. That took another three years to happen. Um, so that was kind of on the back burner where I wasn't truly allowed to sell it. Um, but I used it every day. And then I developed the facial line because I, you know, in exchange, uh, you know, after my teacher went bankrupt, she owed me a lot of money. And uh, in exchange for not paying me, she gave me all the facial supplies. So I went home with a massage bed, a cart, like everything I needed to start my own spa. Amazing. So it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, everything happens for a reason, right? You, yeah, it was crazy. Honestly, looking back on it, and I still have a lot of the equipment to this day, you know, 12 years later. That's, that is just absolutely wild. So, so how did you come up with the name? 
So, um, so friends helped me. So I, you know, I really saw, um, you know, uh, not my strength, really my weakness is branding and design and really, you know, figuring out a name for a brand. I could do the products, you know, I started with three product lines and when we launched, I had to pare it down to one. So I have no problem kind of developing the, the, the products, but I have a really hard time with the branding and the marketing. So friends came up with the name. It was based on the fact that prov- like we source ingredients from every province. So they really loved, you know, that was part of my mission when I started uh, was where could we find local ingredients? So they really suggested province be in the name and then apothecary, you know, means old pharmacy and but looking back, I'm also like, don't choose a name that's insane, like very difficult to say, a tongue twister. Um, a lot of people don't know how, how to pronounce it. Uh, so it has, I feel like, not helped us that much. <laughs> no, I mean, people do their best. And I, as long as you have great products, it really doesn't matter, I don't think. I mean, I think it's apotha something, right? Yeah. For, for some people. <laughs> so, so you developed the company over a decade ago. And obviously mm-hmm. your entrepreneurial spirit, your unique journey to holistic healing and creating products and just presence in the clean beauty industry, it, it's a big deal. I mean, you are, you've really done an incredible job and it's so inspiring. What do you wish clean beauty, like I feel like you've really led this this movement around making products cleaner. There are a number of companies that are out there that are now doing it, but you were early. And I mean, that. what do you wish the consumer would really pay attention to or, or what Clean Beauty was doing um, as an industry and focusing on a little bit more? Yeah, I think, you know, 10 years ago, it was just even explaining what an oil cleanser was, was a difficult chore. Like people didn't believe me that you could cleanse with oil. Now it's popular. But I think we still kind of these clean plant-based products still don't have the belief that they're effective. Um, And, you know, 10 years later, so many brands exist, but I think consumers are still skeptical of how effective the natural ingredients are. Um, so I think that's just still something, you know, that comes with education and, and trying the products and seeing the results. And um, that's why we have a lot of beauty tools as well, because it's like pairing them with the natural products um, with the beauty tools, like the facial cups or the jade roller, like you can change your skin overnight with them. Um, and the more you use them, you know, that's where you'll get the results. So I'm a firm believer in um, like plant-based ingredients are 100% effective. Uh, it's about the right ones, obviously. But yeah, I think it's just that there's a lot of skepticism still 10 years later that, you know, rosehip is beneficial to the skin. <laughs> Do you feel like you've had to sort of lead in the education of what a lot of these ingredients will do for skin. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, and that's hard when you have to educate consumers about the benefits too. Yeah. It's, you know, it's something we didn't totally expect, right. As part of our marketing um, plan, but then we really leaned into it. And I think that's where all of our rituals have come in. And I think seeing our, you know, 
we used to have a spa. So a lot of our clients were coming in for facials, trying the products, and we were sending them home with homework. Um, because, you know, the more you can do, even if you massage your skin for 12 seconds, 30 seconds, it doesn't have to be that long, but you can give your skin and your face a natural facelift, like massage every night, and you can actually see the difference. So I'm a firm believer in educating customers on like how to take care of their skin, simple things you can do um, to see benefit. Um, and the more you do it, the more often you do it, the more you will notice a positive change. How has your company changed since the beginning? So from the early days of you sitting in your kitchen, uh, making mistakes along the way, uh, I read that you were, you know, obviously mixing up ingredients and using a spatula to actually put it on the skin. I mean, just really, I love, love, love the visual of that. So how difficult was it to move your product to scale? How did you get your product into the first store? Yeah, so 2012, um, I was really just like scrappy, did a lot of flea markets and farmers markets and just, you know, that type of environment. We were really lucky to be one of the first clean beauty brands to market um, at that time. And even, you know, detox market saw us at a flea market and then gave us, you know, the we got the buyer's card. I contacted them. I biked to the store, showed them the products. They took them on. Same with Whole Foods. I literally walked into Whole Foods um, with some products asking if they were looking for products like this. And they were, you know, so, you know, not not the same as 2022, how you get into stores. But um, so I think we were really, really lucky to get into some major retailers early on. Like um, even I went to a trade show, my first trade show in New York. I think it might, I'm like, it was maybe the now one, but we got into Madewell from that one. Um, so that was before I even had labels, real labels. And that PO allowed me to buy labels. Um, so it was really, I think we were just super lucky to be first to market with products that were well-designed. Um, effective, natural, and people were interested in the space. Um, and yeah, it's been, you know, a challenge. I brought on a partner. Um, so if my friend's twin sister, um, Natalie, so she came on in 2015, and she had worked for L'Oreal. Um, so she had so much sales and marketing and distribution, um, and just, you know, so much information on how to grow a company. So she was really the brains. I'm, I credit her to our growth. Um, because it was, if it was just me, it would still probably just be me in my house seeing clients. She really was able to help the brand scale and grow and had that sales knowledge and distributions knowledge. So she, she is still my partner today. And That's um, so great. yeah, we work so well. So it's, you know, always about finding that com complimentary person to support the business. I love that you're talking about co-founders because that is, you know, something that people are always sort of challenged by, right? They've got the idea for the brand, but mm -hmm. I think it's also where you start to see where your weaknesses are, or maybe they're not necessarily weaknesses, but they're just stuff that you don't really like doing, right? That mm -hmm. you that you find somebody who does love doing that, whether it's the sales side of it or the finance side of it or whatever it is. I mean, we hear that consistently. Um, mm -hmm. And somebody who will actually challenge you too and take stuff on that, you know, you know needs to be done. Can you share a little bit more about that? Like how it just really changed your life? Oh, yeah. Like, so I had been running the business for three years before Natalie um, came on board. And, 
you know, it was going well, very disorganized. I'm not a business person. I hadn't, you know, didn't have any of the systems in place, let's say, but had a handful of employees and we were all, you know, doing our best. But um, yeah, it was really incredible that she was able to come in and kind of see where, what needed to happen and how, you know, what needed to change quickly. So she really like implemented inventory systems, implemented like an operations team and really just set the foundation for a company that could grow because she could see that there was a lot of potential in the products and even within our retail list. But, you know, no one was paying, no one was paying attention to our receivables or we were all just swamped and just trying to, you know, keep up with the daily to do's. But, you know, I even remember she came on board and one of our retailers owed us so much money because we had never followed up with them. on receiving getting paid. And she was just like, these are basic things that we need to do to survive. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, can you do that, please? (laughs) Yeah. And you do need that, right? In order Mm -hmm. to to make sure that you can actually stay in business. So I love that you had somebody who came in and and helped you with that because it really it really does make a company it it, it's the difference. I mean I think it's very rare that there's one. Um, founder, there's, you know, typically co-founders and most successful um, companies. So you might have somebody who's really, you know, the front person in the face, um, in addition to doing lots of other stuff. But I think that is, is definitely the case. And somebody who has different skill sets, correct? Is that really what you felt? Very 100%. different. 100%. Yeah. 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 And just even... I really, I didn't know how to scale a brand and really, you know, um, I had a lot of fear about scaling and growing and even like moving to co-packers, all of that. Cause I was, you know, I loved having control and, and having it, um, very tangible. You know, I started by making the products. So giving, you know, getting someone else to make the products and really trust that co-packer was super challenging for me, but it was great because Natalie had that foresight that we needed to do that in order to grow. So interesting. So you started Province Apothecary with a mission and a, and a purpose how do you think that's changed or hasn't it changed? I mean, it's, uh, I think so often we see brands, particularly brands that end up taking investment. Um, that seems to be a big conversation today around mission driven brands that the mission ends up changing significantly when you bring in the wrong investors or bigger capital. And I think it's something that, you know, sadly, a lot of beauty brands end up um, selling to larger companies because that's sort of the backstory that maybe a lot of people don't hear. So, um, Mm -hmm. but I'm so curious to hear what you think about that. Like, has your mission and purpose changed or do you think it's still about really helping people and changing health? I would say the mission hasn't changed. Even last week I was at the detox market doing a masterclass and teaching people how to use our facial cups. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was such an inspiring class. And I just, I was like, this is, this is what I love doing. Um, because just helping people like everyone, we all suffer. I feel like with our skin, it's so, we have such a complicated relationship because especially for me with eczema, like I still have it, it comes and goes and I have the products that really heal it. Um, so I think the purpose of the company is so, you know, ingrained in who I am. And I wake up every morning and I'm like, 
do I have eczema today or do I not? Like it's still 10 years later, it's still part of my life, right? So, um, you know, and I, and I use the products constantly. So I think our mission, at least, um, yeah, for me, and I know Natalie is really about helping people have healthy skin and beautiful skin and helping them with their, their skin care problems. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, it's just, now I'm all about how do I empower you to take care of your skin? Um, and, you know, how do we, like, what can I help you do to make you love your skin and reduce those fine lines and, you know, li- do whatever it is that you want to do because it's possible you can do it. I want to encourage everyone just to really take care of their skin. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. And I think that really speaks to having, there's always a difference between uh, founder led brands and having the voice behind it and the purpose and mission. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. anyway, you definitely see that within your company for sure. So we've had a number of people on the show who've shared challenges along the way. You shared a couple in there, like the, uh, sesame seed oil. Um, we won't count that because you weren't actually like, it wasn't game time yet. That was just the, the, uh, pre-party. Uh, but yeah. has there been any big challenges to date that you think, you know, you didn't know you were going to run into those challenges and maybe it wasn't as bad as you thought, I'm going to shut the company down, but it was definitely stressful. Yeah. Um, so two pop up uh, to mind and I'll maybe start with the first one that happened early, early on. Um, and it's, it's like, you know, so much drama and I am not, if you know me, you know, I do not like drama, but so my best friend was our designer, um, for the brand and she helps, you know, design the logo, the boxes, the look of all the products. And we, you know, did it over a week together. Um, and I bartered when I started the company, I bartered a lot. So for, with our graphic designer, with our web developer, like literally anything I could barter and trade, I would for services and product. And, you know, the company was picking up, we were getting in all these retailers, things are going really well. And um, she came back and sued me and copyrighted all of our logos, oh. our, our brand name. And she really um, uh, wanted half of the company. So she wanted a large portion of the company and felt that, you know, she deserved it. And thankfully, you know, I had great advisors, even, you know, one of them was her cousin. So it was like very crazy and dramatic and horrible. And, you know, we no longer have a friendship um, after all that. But it really taught me early on, you know, this is like within the first two years of the company to have contracts and even if you're trading or bartering or paying someone, like there needs to be proper documentation. You need to, it really just kind of showed me the ugly side of business immediately. Um, when, when this all happened and in the end we came to agreements and we own, you know, everything now, but that was really, I think the biggest challenge and, um, the challenging situation I had ever had in my life up to that point. Um, and I think it really grounded me in like, okay, things can go sour quickly, especially in business. And, you know, you hear so many stories like this, I feel like, um, but until it really happens to you, I didn't believe it. And I didn't think it would happen with, you know, my best friend and my designer. Um, so it really just changed the course of the business and it really helped me become a better business owner and person and, you know, made sure I had all those, those, the paperwork and the paper trail, uh, you know, 
going on. <laughs> well, I think yeah. what you shared is once you have, you know, a challenging experience or, you know, that wasn't a failure, but it was hard, right? It was, mm -hmm. it was something that was really hard, but what did you learn from that? Like what lessons did you learn? You learned to have contracts in place. Like you, you know, it was painful on, on many fronts, but you got better from it. Yeah. And I think like, that's the key thing that if you can go through a challenge, you can have a failure, all of these things, it's the it, going back and looking at what can I actually learn from those things is the, is the key piece of this that I think is so many great entrepreneurs um, do. And I think that that's, um, that's definitely something where, you know, it, it will just make you a better business person um, in the yeah. future. And uh, to be a little paranoid isn't such a bad thing either, right? I think always thinking yeah. what's the worst that can happen Sometimes the worst never hits, but sometimes it does. And you have to really, you know, look, have somebody, you know, hopefully an attorney watching your back saying like, okay, if this really had south, what could happen at, you know, at so many points along the way, because it's high stakes and, you know, you might not have a huge company today, but next year you might, it might be growing and, and that's your, you know, bank account right? It's your love, right? And it could all go away if you don't do the right things for sure. So I have to ask, uh, because you mentioned it, okay, cream versus oil. It's the, it's the uh, you know, question of the hour for, for the beauty industry. So what's your thoughts on that? Cream versus oil. I'm a, I'm a purist. I love plant oils. Um, so, you know, the difference between an oil serum and a cream is a cream is diluted with, it could be diluted with, you know, beautiful things like rose water, lavender water, aloe. Um, and there's an emulsifier. There has to be a preservative in a cream, though natural. Amazing. I just always, you know, if I'm going to go for a product, I'll go for an oil-based product. Um, and then you just apply it to damp skin. So you're actually making your own raw cream as you're applying the product. You get to decide, you know, how much oil, how little oil, how much water. Um, so I, per I personally prefer the pure oils if I'm going to choose. But we have a cream. I love creams. I feel like creams are great starter product for you know getting into a clean beauty brand because they're you know they're easy to use and understand and but yeah I'm all for oil I love oil <laughs> how about you <laughs> you know I do both actually I I love both of them but I agree with you I think it's like especially if you're going for you know if your skin is super dry um mm -hmm. you know going for I feel like the oils, it really kind of kicks it into gear pretty fast. Um, my yeah. skin tends to get really dry during the winter um, in particular. So, and then also if I've had sun on my face, mm. like I feel like yeah. just to heal it um, from, you know, sun that I was not supposed to get on my face. So that's what I feel like. And just adding a few drops of oil into your moisturizer is a great way just to get that extra boost of hydration. Absolutely. So for many businesses, uh, the pandemic in many categories, uh, the pandemic was really, really rough. I read an interview that you had done where you guys kind of changed courses a little bit. You were going to open a studio. Like, Just share a little bit more about that, if you would, kind of how you decided to you know, kind of change. Yeah. Um, so that was the, uh, the second thing I was going to mention for kind of challenges and failures was we actually closed our spa because of COVID. 
So personal care, I know I'm in Canada, we were locked down, at least in Ontario, for so long. Um, so personal care, so that is like facials, all estheticians weren't allowed to work for almost the majority of the pandemic. And we, you know, had expanded our spa um, October 2019, you know, pandemic hit March 2020. So we, you know, we had a huge wait list um, for our spa in 2019. And we doubled in size and we were so excited and it was going really well. Um, you know, we had people knocking on our door to work for us and so many people wanted facials. So, you know, it made sense at the time to, you know, expand our spa and then now looking back I'm like what did we do <laughs> um because that was the end you know that essentially was the demise of the spa it became it was too big for us and throughout the pandemic we tried to keep it open as a store and um pivot but you know we lost our entire team they all moved away or moved into different areas of businesses because there just wasn't any work um and then, you know, I couldn't even hire people when we could reopen because no one wanted to be in the industry. Um, once we did have staff and we were booking, the cancellations were just, you know, out of control because everyone was, you know, trying to keep everyone safe and healthy. So it all made sense, right? But it just didn't work for us. So that was really like part of, you know, broke my heart because that's just our facials and working with customers on a daily basis and helping them with their skin um, in that spa environment was just, you know, a dream come true. But, you know, yeah, we had to close. We closed in May of 2022. And um, yeah, and now we've pivoted to do pop-ups and now we're doing different things. It's like the day we closed, you know, the next day I started working on how do we do facial pop-ups? So, you know, it never stops. So you're doing that now in some <laughs> yeah. in some areas. And do you, like, do you imagine doing that in, in the U.S.? I mean, it, in the U.S., at least what I found is that there were there were definitely I live in the Bay Area and mm -hmm. just outside of San Francisco, and it was extremely strict um, and for estheticians how much they could do and for a very long time. But, you know, other states, Texas and Florida were like, business is open, you know, and so a lot of people were moving there. Um, so that they could I'm just so curious if you thought about trying to find a city that, you know, is more likely to stay open? Should we, you know, hit that again? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm like, hit that again. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I know it's so, you know, and that's why everyone moved away. Right. Cause it was like out of Toronto, you could work. So, um, yeah, we like, we're totally open. Like we've partnered with detox market and they're doing a province apothecary facial. We've, you know, partnered with another, um, store in Toronto called Health Hut and they're offering our facials and we're going in and actually offering them. So we're totally open to it. I love the idea of pop-ups. I think that's like manageable for us right now. And, you know, I have a whole training program for estheticians. So um, I think it's a pro it's an area that we'd love to continue to grow. Um, but just right now it doesn't make sense to put a lot of energy into it. If it comes naturally, great. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's that is really really smart. So, what are you most excited about uh, coming up into? Gosh, I can't even believe it's September right now of you know twenty twenty two. What are you most excited about for next year? 
Oh man, I'm excited. So I got the fun job of making all the new products. So I'm really excited about some new products that are coming to market um, that we've been working, I've been working on for a long time. So, you know, natural vitamin C um, and just other fun things that, you know, I've been using and I just think we could all use. So uh, new products and then, um, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm excited to get back into a place where we can do mini facials and events and you know like literally last week was the first time I did events with customers um so it's it just still feels like we're still coming out of you know a difficult time um so I think it's just you know the the greener grass the the new energy for retail and just the new energy coming into small businesses so yeah I think just the a positive outlook is (laughs) No, no I, <laughs> I agree. And I think so much of it, like even though the business starts to increase, I feel like you're, it's like you're, you're coming off of this hangover, right? Of yeah. this, you know, very, very challenging time, right? And where you're changing your plans and closing down this idea of this, like all of those yeah. things. So you're almost like in recovery mode, right? Where you're, okay. All right, I we're we're good, but there's still this trauma that exists. I think you know for so many people that uh, I, I'm excited for 2023 to see so many more people just saying, "Okay, like that was the end of 2022. Everything is good. Like let's continue moving forward and just chalk it up to we all experienced it and it was yucky. Some had yuckier experiences than others, but definitely excited to move forward. And obviously, I think health. Um, including skin, is something that people are really paying attention to today. And and beauty has been something that people have paid attention to for a while. But I think the idea of having great skin is top of mind for so many people today. And uh, it really shows how healthy they really are um, just by their skin. So anyway, it was such a pleasure to talk to you, Julie, and thank you so much for all of your lessons and great insights. And obviously just for the conversation and sharing your incredible story behind the brand, all info for you and your company will be in the show notes on the podcast as well. So thank you so much and have a great rest of the week. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks all for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And I want to thank all of our guests and our sponsors. And finally, our listeners, keep the great comments coming in. And one final plug, if you have not read or listened to my book, Undaunted, please do so. You will hear all about my journey, including founding, scaling, and building the company that I founded, Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet 
at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.